Are you ready for some nosy bitches? Because this is about to get explicit. Trigger warning. This podcast has references to violence and abuse. If you or someone you know is dealing with domestic abuse, you can call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. You can find more information, resources, and support on their website as well. We will add this information to our show notes. What's up, bitches? Bitches, we are on episode three. So we have already talked about Amber. We have talked about Johnny Depp. Now we're going to talk about their relationship, which I'll tell you, there's not a lot of stuff about their actual relationship, like while they were married. Now that come that didn't come out until the trials. Right. Then we found out everything. I didn't realize until we dug into this just how short their actual marriage was. While they had kind of this secret datey thing for a while. Their formal relationship, their public relationship was very short and, of course, had a a big climax in two major trials in the UK and in the United States. And then we found out all the stuff. We will go through what we found out about the kind of like what was out there publicly about their relationship mixed in with a few things. And then we'll talk about the UK trial, the timeline of their relationship. So they first met, of course, on the film Rum Diaries in 2009. Johnny was with Vanessa at the time. Yeah. And I do believe this is when Amber was dating Van Ree. Okay. And everyone, if you don't know who Vanessa is, please go back and listen to episode two. We talk a lot about her, especially at the end of that episode. Mother of both of his kiddos, a wonderful lady, someone that he still respects today. But you can find out all those details in episode two. And they were in a pretty long relationship. It's like almost 15 years. Yeah. It was a very significant part of both of their lives. So they did get quite close, and Johnny actually describes her as, like, the dream. Apparently, there was, like, chemistry right this from the Amber, beginning. This is Amber, right? Yeah. yeah he, so thank you. He describes Amber as the dream. So they would actually use their tongue in kissing scenes and apparently uh-huh. had amazing chemistry. So I guess using the tongue is not something you're supposed to do in kissing scenes while you're acting. I mean, that's very personal. <laughs> it re- I mean, but legit, Carla, it really is. Like, if I remember my first, like— French kiss with someone, that's when things got serious. They're both very professional, and I think that's kind of what it came down to. They both had partners at the time, and they really were doing a job. So they snapped back into reality and realized that this is a professional setting and we should treat this as such. So they didn't actually publicly start dating until 2012. And I shouldn't really even say public because it actually didn't become public until January of 2014. So they secretly dated for a while. And, and can I just say, too, during the Rum Diary, because that's, again, when all of this shenanigans started. First of all, her back then, she, like, gorgeous girl. No wonder. That ain't my style, and I think I would have dated Amber Heard. <laughs> I'm just saying. That was her her peak of beauty. Absolutely gorgeous. But not for not. Johnny wasn't no scrub back then either. That puts you in such an intimate setting where you have all of these scenes together they have a shower scene together that's just got to be a really challenging you we've seen it with like a brad pitt and angelina jolie too on mr and mrs smith when you're put in those kinds of scenes with each other and you have genuine chemistry like you were describing shit's gonna happen like fireworks are gonna go that's just part of it and i hate it and like so much of the secrecy was because 
of course, they were publicly with other people. Imagine like my husband is on set with a very young, beautiful blonde. Right. And, you know, who I've been with, somebody I've been with for, you know, 14, 15 years. Oh, no, sure, I would be showing up to set every day. I could only imagine what their partners must have been thinking. Also, Johnny Depp, too. It's one of my favorite looks of him, minus the Winona Ryder in the 90s. But he's very clean cut for his character in Rum Diaries, which changed, you know, over the years. Even as I was looking through pictures, I was like, such a clean cut Johnny Depp looked still very young. I think too, and I don't know if you have any details in like what we've researched today, but I remember you and I talking about how some of their chemistry was real acting too, because some of the scripting around her character wasn't particularly deep. It wasn't this, you know, super robust character. So much of the role that she played really was about the visual and then just about the sparks that they could create on camera. Yeah, she's quoted saying that she actually spent more time like getting dressed, yes. they did going over her lines. So it's not surprising that he termed her, you know, oh, that she's the dream. And I think they actually started dating in the press tour of Rum Diaries. Oh. Because, you know, it takes a few years for stuff to come out and like and then they're actually in hotels did. together and yep. all of that stuff. Okay. And they had just split with their partners. They waited, of course, then to go public. So in January 14th, we see them out at events. And just a few days after going public, it's announced that they're engaged. Funny enough, Johnny Depp is making an appearance with David Letterman and he's showing off an engagement ring. And of course, Letterman's like, hey, what's going on here? And he's like, like he had Johnny had a big one. Johnny on? Depp had an engagement ring on. Okay, girl. Yeah. And he's like, you know, oh, well, this one was too big for her hand. So I took it. But she has the one that fits. Like, if you know anything about John, like, just to think about like his character, like, of course, he has this like <laughs> rock of an engagement ring on. It just really made me laugh. Thinking this is about the same it. guy that has a 44 acre Bahamian island. So I'm just saying. 100%. <laughs> Speaking of that island. <laughs> Not long. So within a year, they get married on February 5th, 2015 on his 44-acre private island in the Bahamas. Okay. I Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Like, <laughs> this is fine. I'm just going to have my fantasy wedding on my 44-acre island in the Bahamas. This is fine. This is normal life, kids, right here. So it does seem that the relationship gets pretty rocky right from the beginning. Get married in February in March of 2015 is actually when that finger slice incident happens that was talked a lot that about. Quick. Yeah, in the trials. So within a month, there is some type of domestic violence happening. Who is at fault? Well, we'll leave that up to you. But the finger slice is happening. So something that's kind of fun later on in November of 2015 is Johnny Depp actually kind of like punks Amber and lets her think that her Mustang got stolen. But actually, it was taken by the overhauling crew. I love that show. When you're watching this, because he's in there with her dad. So it's him and his dad. And they call the police. And, and she's vividly pissed off. Like, Johnny's like, oh, it's fine. You know, her dad's kind of like laughing around or whatever. And she really does look like a bitch. So she's pissed off. She's mad. The police officer 
is taking pictures and trying to do selfies and things like that. And she's like, I do not want to take a picture. And Johnny's like, no, it's fine. Take a picture. You can tell she's like, where is my car? Where is my fucking Mustang right now? Yeah, it does feel a little bit, I don't know, like watching it back, it feels a little unfair to her because she doesn't realize what's happening is that, you know, they've taken her car to be overhauling after a few minutes of kind of awkwardness where this guy's trying to take her picture and she's trying to be happy, but now I'm pissed off about it because where's my car? Okay, fine, take a picture, then don't take a picture. Finally, they tell her, no pay. We've taken your car. We're going to go do overhauling. But it was also like interesting to watch how easy the interaction was between Johnny Depp and her dad. And even her mom was hidden behind in the off camera and watching the whole thing and like laughing about it. So it does seem that their families were pretty close knit at one point in time. God, that makes it even harder, right? That it kind of crashed and burned. And you also wonder, because again, there was this kind of pseudo secret relationship before it ever went public like at what point did they start becoming close the families and all of that i will say so not long after that things start to get really hot and heavy as far as things that we start to see in the public view in april of 2016 the couple has to release a public apology for not declaring their dogs in australia this was the most awkward video i have ever so awkward <laughs> It's a very Australia's laws are serious. <laughs> yeah, Johnny definitely looks impaired for it. It just it, it's a very awkward video. Um, you can go look it up on YouTube. It's probably like forty five seconds long. Yep. But the Australian government was really pissed off that they had brought their dogs undocumented over there. Now, to be fair to Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, they thought they had filed all of the appropriate paperwork, but apparently they hadn't, and the. Australian government actually like threatened to euthanize the dogs. Like if they were not removed, come the at me, Australia, come at me. <laughs> Absolutely no way. My dogs. I cannot imagine being in a foreign country and they're like, "Hey, we're gonna kill you." No, no, no. Hard no. So that's in April of 2016. Later in April of 2016, Amber Heard turns 30. Now at her 30th party, this is actually the day that Johnny Depp finds out that his accountant has failed to pay his taxes and he owed a whopping $650 million. So that does, that means that he has made way more than $650 million. That's how much taxes he owed. I mean, you kind of understand because someone that owns a private island in the Bahamas is not living in the same world that you and I live in. But that is just a next level of wealth. And by the way, like, even after all of that, because that's something we're not going to have time to get into, but there's this whole legal case against his business manager for stealing all of this money. And that's apparently what happened with the unpaid taxes and everything. That is an obscene amount of wealth. What's really crazy is, so that $650 million is like over 17 years. So that accountant had been in Johnny's life for a yes. long time. And so I, I'm sure for him, this was a very devastating blow. Just to think, too, at this time, Johnny is still a very popular character. Yes. Like, without a shadow of doubt, everybody knows who Johnny Depp is. But if you think about the movies that he's making at this time, he's probably not bringing in the amount of money that maybe he was before or playing the, the amount of parts that he was playing before. And we'll yeah. get into it a little bit later. But I think that that really, you know, $650 million when you were – making a lot of money maybe at a certain 
point in your life and maybe maybe now you're not making as much but you're making close to it that's got to be a deep blow and then here is your wife's 30th birthday party I'm sure you're going to be in the best of moods to go and celebrate and I know for even though you love that person even though you want to put all of your stuff aside then to have to go play party host think about your spouse or my spouse like they got that type of devastating news and it's our party what type of person we're going to get 100 and like we kind of figured out in episode two about johnny he's not coming from a place of extravagant wealth to begin with right you're coming from a place of coming from small town like middle america appalachia i i don't know if i put myself in his shoes for even a second it's like i earned that i scraped i, I moved away from south florida to be to become part of this band and to pursue an acting career and there were all these relationships in these uh, tribulations along the way, and all of a sudden it's gone. And okay, yeah, let's go celebrate your birthday now, hun. Yeah, I I would not be in the mood for that. No, I close. I can't even imagine. So it does say that Depp and Heard start arguing that night. Now, to who is to blame in the events that happened at that birthday party? It's hard to say. Yeah, different people have different opinions. But it said that Johnny Depp threw a Magnum champagne bottle and tossed Amber on the bed. Wait, a full one? You know what? The Magnum no, I know. Sh- it's like the big one. Yeah, that apparently he threw the champagne bottle. Even an empty one's heavy. I can't imagine. Damn. This is also the night where claims that Amber Heard threw a punch. And this is where the whole did she, didn't she poop in the bed happened. I just will include for those of you that are creepers and want to know. I know the size of dog they had. And then the size of the specimen that we were dealing with. I wish you could see Carla's face right now. <laughs> the size of specimen that we we're dealing with. And all I'm going to say is I don't know that it is physiologically possible. Because that's the argument is, oh, no, this was just the dog. That that was as big as the dog. Like, I don't... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just wonder, too, that, like, okay, let, let's just go down the rabbit hole that, like, she defecated the bed. So I don't know that I would appreciate or would hope that, like, in my worst moment that my spouse wouldn't pull out a phone and take a picture of it. Like, the fact that they tattletell on each other's worst moments throughout their entire marriage and, and relationship for later for us to see – I think really says something about the level that they were at with one another. Because I would never do yes, that. Carla. Vows in a, in a relationship. And probably any of us. I know my husband's had stomach issues. I've had stomach issues. I would never think to flip my phone out and be like, let me take a picture. Yes. Whatever he's going through so that I might need it later for my divorce. So like professionally and personally, I like the phrase trust is transactional. And part of that is like exactly what you said. We're going to see our partners, our spouses, the people that we love the most at their best because of that relationship we have. We're also going to see them at their worst. And part of that trust equation is not necessarily making public those those worst times when, of course, they would never act that way in some sort of general public setting. They would never act that way even when, you know, they're their best version with their spouse. So it's just I something like the amount of recording they were doing of each other, the pictures they were taking, all this stuff. I'm like, what? There was already something so broken in this relationship, so broken. And by the way, because we're trying really hard not to give our opinions 
of what happened in this trial, who we think is right or wrong. I think that is subjective. Also in a court of law that's already been decided and what do Michael and Carla know? All I will say is that it sounds toxic on both sides. No one won in this relationship. Absolutely. I definitely think that this is probably where things, I think 2016 is definitely where things start to fall apart for them. So in just probably a few weeks after that, in May of 2016, Amber attends the Met Gala alone. The end of May is when the marriage is ended with her filing a restraining order on May 23rd, 2016. Of course, only after being married for 15 months. So what's interesting is that day, there are text messages that was released during the trial between Amber Heard's mom and dad. Amber Heard's mom is saying to Johnny Depp, like, hey, the lawyers made her file that restraining order for the divorce. And she calls him son and she loves him. And I think this is what's really sad is both of, they both ended up losing their moms. So, you know, Johnny Depp, of course, loses his mom, like right at this time frame, like he's going through a very hard heartache. And we've already talked about how hard that relationship was. It's very complicated. Yeah, she had just died. And then of course, later on, we find out and if in just a few years after that, that Amber Heard would lose her mom. I think it's very interesting that she calls him son. She tells him that she loves him. They end up getting a settlement, agreeing on their divorce in August 16th of 2016. And I will say like, that is the fastest Hollywood couple that has come to a settlement agreement that I have ever heard of. Especially without an annulment. Like that was a legit marriage and divorce in like what, less than 18 months? She was awarded $7 million, which we all know she pledged to charity. She did get the dogs and he got the properties in the divorce. They actually make a public statement and their divorce includes a disparagement clause in their filing. So they quote, Our relationship was intensely passionate and at times volatile, but always bound by love. Neither party has made false accusations for financial gain. There was never any intent of physical or emotional harm, end quote. The words that they chose are there was never any intent of physical or emotional harm. There was a lot of both physical and emotional harm that occurred during that relationship right, wrong, or otherwise, as far as who did what. But as far as them saying, like, this was never our intention to do this. We we started this relationship. We really loved each other. We're yeah. very passionate. We're volatile. I tell people all the time, I'm not crazy. I'm passionate. <laughs> so I get it. Johnny Depp, Amber Heard, like, yes. <laughs> yeah, I totally get it. I like that they say they're kind of always bound by love. But I do think that it's interesting that they include this clause in their filing And I almost wonder why that didn't play a bigger part in their future lawsuits that like you said that you weren't going to say anything bad about me. Yeah. And then here you are months, years later saying all of these disparaging things when you made this rather, I think, really mature and beautiful statement when things were clearly calmer. Like, yeah, things were ending. The whole boat was sinking. And in a moment of clarity... It sounds like you made what I think is a really cool statement as a couple to say, like, we're not going to trash each other. We're not going to do any of this. I watched so much of the U.S. trial, which we'll get to in the next episode. I'm less familiar with the U.K. trial, which you're going to give us a little bit of information on. I'm just like you a little floored that that wasn't 
referenced more? What changed between now and then? Because it seems like some of the answer is the number of zeros. That's all I'm saying. That really sums up the end of their relationship. It seems that it started just as hot as it ended. In 2018, Amber Heard does an op-ed through Washington Post. And I just want to read a couple of lines in the very beginning. So she says, quote, I was exposed to abuse at a very young age. I knew certain things early on without ever having to be told. I knew that men have the power physically, socially, and financially, and that a lot of institutions support that arrangement. I knew this long before I had words to articulate it, and I bet you learned it young too. Like many women, I had been harassed and sexually assaulted by the time I was a college age, but I kept quiet. I did not expect filing complaints to bring justice. I didn't see myself as a victim. Then two years ago, I became a public figure <clears throat> representing domestic abuse, and I felt the full force of our culture's wrath for women who speak out. Friends and advisors told me I would never again work as an actress, that I would be blacklisted. A movie I was attached to recast my role. I had just shot a two-year campaign as the face of a global fashion brand, and the company dropped me. Questions arose as to whether I would be able to keep my role of Mira in the movies Justice League and Aquaman. I had the rare vantage point of seeing in real time how institutions protect men accused of abuse. Imagine a powerful man as a ship, like the Titanic. That ship is a huge enterprise. When it strikes an iceberg, there are a lot of people on board desperate to patch up holes, not because they believe in or even care about the ship, but because their own fates depend on the enterprise. End quote. She does go on to really talk about how the industry is against women and a lot of things that doesn't seem to necessarily point to Johnny Depp. I think when she talks about two years ago, I became a public face, knowing that there have been a lot of articles. There was the picture of her that came out after her divorce with bruises on her cheek and things like that, that of course she's talking about Johnny Depp. There's no denying it. I've seen some articles post- the U.S. case too, right, where she tries to insinuate. And this is, by the way, not me saying for anyone that's going to try to come at us, I'm not saying Amber Heard did anything wrong here. I'm just saying that it it feels weird and a little bit gross for her to try to deny that this is about Johnny Depp. She gives these lines of, well, it was about this larger commentary of what was going on at the time. It's like, yeah, but the whole world knew. And you knew the whole world knew who you were in a relationship with. And I think she had a story to tell. She was, yeah, she grew up around a very abusive father. Like she could have, the first couple of lines where she's talking about, I saw abuse at a very early age and yeah. I had been sexually assaulted by the time I was in college. There's a lot to say there. And she does go on later, you know, of course, in the other trial where she talks about, I felt like I should talk about that, that's those right. things. And that I have a right to. Right. And that's kind of where I feel like a little bit like, should or get off the pot. Like, either say what you're going yeah. to say and name all the people that you're going to name, because there have been a lot of women who had to go incredible lengths of courage in order to really say all the things that they wanted to say and name the people that they wanted to say. So if this is your situation and these are your circumstances, don't be afraid to go all the way with it. That's right. So that that's the part that I always found kind of interesting. And, and you could see where she kind of backpedaled it a little bit and then forward pedaled it a little bit. I always did wonder, like, why would, did you not just drive all the way in? Especially, like, 
all the other situations that she had where she really could talk about how this was portrayed. So this op-ed, of course, starts why they end up in court, both in the UK and the US. That's right. A couple of things that we get to before the UK trial. Depp files defamation lawsuit against the Post in March of 2019 in Fairfax, Virginia. Heard fires back to dismiss. In May of 2019, Johnny Depp says, oh, you painted on bruises. He was the victim while she was mixing prescription amphetamines and non-prescription drugs with alcohol. Jeez. So Daily Mail obtains that audio of Heard admitting that she hits Depp. And then in March of 2020 is when the judge grants Depp the allowance to pursue the post lawsuit. So that kind of like sums us up. But in the meantime, what's happening over in the UK, which is how the UK trial happens, is in the British tabloid, the Sun writer, Dan Wooten, goes after J.K. Rowling saying over Depp's involvement of Fantastic Beast. Which he was incredible in, by the way, regardless of your opinion of him personally, I am so sad that this latest film didn't have him in it. Continue. Yeah, and it it really says to her that like, hey, you're this like woman leading in the in entertainment industry and here you are hiring a wife beater. And it actually says that in a couple of different articles, both online, it says, hey, you hired a wife beater. And so Johnny Depp fires back in July of 2020. He sues the Sun newspaper for libel over an article that refers to him as a wife beater. And I think that is an important distinction between the UK and the US trial, where it, this was more directly in the US about Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard. The Washington Post article was used as leverage for that, but that was directly written by Amber Heard. The UK trial, because it was actually against the Sun, we'll only go into so much detail about this, but there are tons of YouTube channels, there are tons of podcast rabbit holes that you can go down if you want to hear a little bit more about this. But because this wasn't a lawsuit directly against Amber Heard, what that meant is that a lot of evidence that the Depp team considered integral to their case against the son was not allowed because it was really character evidence against Amber Heard. And he wasn't suing Amber Heard. He was suing the son for libel. So just an interesting note there. That's the difference between these cases. U.S., besides the fact that we have a different judicial system, which we'll get into a little bit in the next episode, is the U.K. case was against a tabloid. And it meant that certain evidence wasn't allowed to come into play. In July of 2020, this trial kicks off. Depp denies several times slapping Heard during a March 2013 accident. So this is before they got married. Okay. Where the actress made fun of his altered wino forever. Remember it was a Winona. Yeah, the hair <laughs> Winona. And then he changed it to wino. So Depp does admit that he fell off the wagon during this time, though he says, like, I never hit her, but I did fall off the wagon during this time. This was one of the incidents of 14 that was admitted to the court. In general, when I was like reading about Johnny Depp in this trial, he has an underturning of sarcasm. He is very angry in this, and it's very different demeanor than what we see in the U.S. trial. So I don't know if that ended up playing some part in like how the judge felt about him because again it's it's done by a judge and not a jury. That's right. Compared to Johnny really felt maybe beat up by the time he hit 2022 in the US. They brought in Dr. Connell 
I think that's right. Okay. Don't come at us, people. <laughs> Connell, we think. Yeah. So this was their therapist. And of course, she also... Oh, this was their like couples therapist. Their couple therapist. Okay. So she puts in her notes that Depp was actually threatened. She felt that Depp was threatened by Amber's career and James Franco about one of the movies that they were doing. I mean, James Franco is delicious. Let's think about it. Johnny Depp is a lot older than Amber Heard. Yep. She's barely even 30 at this point in time. She's having a pretty successful run. And even if it's not like box office success, she's doing things that she wants to do. career. Right. Yeah. Where he and his career is on like the six Pirates of the Caribbean, which by the way, I loved. I loved all of the Pirates. It was starting to feel a little bit like how many yeah. times, are we, like Toy Story, how many times are we going to do this? Yeah, yeah. So I can imagine also too, James Franco, he's young. I can imagine that Johnny's thinking about what he was like at that age. And so- She's probably not far off that he was threatened. During this time frame, he actually goes on a binge that lands him in the hospital. So they're definitely going through a lot. And they talk. Do your thing, but that's doing your thing a little too hard. Yeah, he's going very hard. They do talk about in the UK trial a lot about his substance abuse. And I don't know from the judge's perspective, like if that's a very triggering thing for him. But you can tell that like the judge is not impressed with the amount of substance abuse that's happening in Johnny Depp's testimony and as they're talking about different stories. This is also like a huge cultural difference in the UK versus the US where I think the US really favors personal freedom heavily. And I don't know that that, you know, changes people's idea of your character, but like you're smoking pot, you're doing amphetamines, you're drinking alcohol in the US. While that's still frowned upon, it's real frowned upon in the UK. There are going to be differences in opinion, and I'm not saying which one's better or worse, although I do think that the U.S. judicial system, it's not perfect, but I think it's really good. In the U.K. system, in this particular kind of case, you're only having to convince a judge. I can see the other argument against it, which is like, oh, yeah, but it's a judge. It's this highly educated person that it's their job to look at this from a really unbiased perspective to be objective about it from both sides of it. But I think the flip side is that both sets of attorneys only have to convince one person, where if it's a jury of your peers, you're having to convince lots of people from different ends of the socioeconomic spectrum, from different backgrounds, from different belief systems, from different political affiliations. Just pointing out the differences in what went down in this UK trial, and obviously that went in Amber Heard's favor. Mark Stevens says that the main reason that the two trials were different was because, of course, one was a jury and one was a judge. Right. But like not to oversimplify that, but part of it is Heard's lawyers definitely still made tactical mistakes in the U.S. trial. And they were really outdone by very experienced lawyers in libel. Yes. They were literally outgunned in every corner. Also, it's very common, and this definitely played out in the U.K. trial, that it's very common for a defense attorney to attack the other person and say, like, look at what they did, or this person can't be believed because of this and that. And not to say that there's not validity around it, but a lot of times lawyers and judges, they're not going to buy that. So again, that's kind of what happened in the UK trial. That judge was like, absolutely, I'm not going to take any piece of evidence that doesn't specifically prove or deny that Johnny Depp is abusive. That's right. 
And All this so, other ish isn't going to be let in. And of course, with the U.S. trial, jury believed them. Like they believed Johnny contest. over Amber. That's right. It's a credibility contest in the United States when it's a jury of your peers. A couple of players who we saw in both trials, Kat James, who was Amber Heard's assistant during yep. some of her marriage to Johnny Depp. She didn't have anything nice to say about Amber in either trial. I do wonder if there is some validity to it, though I did feel like some of her words were over-exaggerations. I'm not sure that Amber was probably the nicest of bosses. So that, like, I felt like I half-heartedly believed what she was saying. Yeah. There also was testimony in here about the penthouse, um, the L.A. penthouse concierge, who said that Elon Musk was there so often that he had his own key fob. And at first I was like, well. But Elon definitely tries to stay neutral between Johnny Depp and Amber, even though he later dates Amber. He tries to say, you know, both of them are good people. Like, I wish this wasn't portrayed in the public. He probably was friends with both of them. And let's be honest, we've heard many times Johnny Depp was giving out keys to his house like candy at Halloween. Which one of his five penthouses did you get the key to, Carla? Because I got the key to number two. I was so. really disappointed <laughs> that we were not friends and that I didn't get access to the penthouse. Again, I just want to point out for anyone listening to this, because these things are fascinating, but I just want to like make sure that everyone understands how abnormal a thing that is. Like to own a single penthouse in a major city means that you have to have an obscene and substantial amount of wealth. To own five in a single U.S. city not to mention probably, arguably, the first or second most expensive U.S. city. Hand over fist money. This is the one thing about Johnny Depp that I do not agree with, but there are messages about where he pretty much accuses her of sleeping with everyone. So anybody that she's been in a movie with. I hate slut shaming. Yeah. That's messed up. And he had nicknames for all of them. So a couple that I found, um, Leonardo DiCaprio, his nickname. Not Leo. His nickname for him is Pumpkinhead. I don't know if I understand that one, but... He's got a little bit of a big forehead. I can see it. Although, Leo, I love you forever if you're listening. The other one that I really have a problem with is Channing Tatum. <laughs> he called him Potato Head. <laughs> no, Johnny Depp, you're dead wrong for that. Like, so, all to say, all in all, in July 2020, case wraps up. The course case concludes. The British judge ruled that the great majority of Heard's accusations of abuse could be proven to the civil standard. So what this means is that the abuse more than likely occurred. Here's a here's a direct quote from the judge that I thought was just good context to this. Quote, I have reached these conclusions having examined in detail the 14 incidents on which the defendants rely, as well as the overarching considerations which the claimant submitted I should take into account. In those circumstances, Parliament has said that a defendant has a complete defense. He says abuse more than likely occurred. And of course, he was looking, I think, to at one side of things. Wasn't saying like, hey, maybe you were abusive and she was abusive. He was really looking like, does the evidence Was John show? abusive. That's right. Amber wasn't in this. Right. You add in all the substance abuse, and he kind of talks to that a little bit too. Like you add in all the amounts of substance abuse and examples that are brought in it. And honestly, a little bit of Johnny's shitty attitude yeah. and things he says on, on the court that you don't see in the U.S. trial. I'm not surprised, not that I agree with that judge, but I'm not surprised his appeal, of course, too, was denied. Right. All of this has happened in the U.K. He's already started stuff with the U.S. trial. 
We know we're going to get into the U.S. trial. While we've talked about who we believe or who we don't believe, as we started that U.S. trial, I was Amber Heard. I was Team Amber, too. I was. After I saw that ruling from the U.K., and it felt reasonable. It really did. I thought, Johnny Depp, man, I've looked up to you as an actor. I thought you were great, and you guilty as charged. I will say that in the court of public opinion at that moment in time, Johnny Depp was not doing well. Yeah. There was definitely a lot of people who were writing things that were taking Amber Heard's side. Rolling Stone came out with this article about Johnny Depp that like painted him as a faded and deluded icon. They're quoted saying punchline. I thought that was fun for him to read. (laughs) Punchline, bankrupt, isolated, and one more mistake away from being blackballed from his industry. As we start the U.S. trial, I think Johnny does have a lot to prove. I'm sad that I didn't follow the U.K. trial because there was clearly a lot of shit in there that would have been good to know. And not a lot came out in the U.S. trial that wasn't already portrayed there. Right. Well, it's just the other thing that I will say about the U.K. trial, and I don't know where they come from. I'm not familiar with U.K. laws. Again, I watched a lot of the U.S. trial from a lot of different um, YouTube channels that are collectively called LawTube. And I feel like I have like a mini law education. I am not a lawyer, but I feel like I have a mini law education where I don't feel that in the UK. What I will say is if their kind of freedom of the press laws and skew in the UK are anything similar to the United States, I would imagine that the judge is trying to approach this from the perspective of was it reasonable for the Sun to publish those things? It doesn't mean that it was true. It's it's just from the perspective of was this purposefully manipulative? Was it purposefully detrimental, degrading to the person that it was writing about? But if there was enough evidence to give reasonable doubt to those things, to for a judge to say, ah, yeah, that could have happened. I, I know in the U.S. that's something that would be allowed. If it's anything like that in the U.K., I, I don't necessarily feel that this ruling in the UK was wrong. I just don't think that the ruling means the same thing that the ruling in the United States means. No, I absolutely agree. And I can't wait to get into the US side of things where we could talk about Johnny's side and Amber's side. And I can't believe we're going to be four episodes. Holy shit. How did that happen, Carla? Into, into Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Um, we don't want to make this episode too long. So I think we'll save the US stuff for the next episode. And that should be our final episode on Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. We will close the case, as they say. Thank you for joining us for this stuff. And keep it classy, bitches. We'll see you next week. Bye. So we talk about a lot of shit on here, but always remember to stay kind, stay curious, and stay stay nosy, nosy, bitches. bitches.